from the YBA Phoenix Fitness 24-7 Basketball Facility in Rockland, California. It's About That Life Podcast with your host, Coach C. Collins and Coach MJ. Hey, I'm Coach C. Collins and Mark is usually here with Coach GGT and we're About That Life Podcast where we talk a little bit of AAU basketball and everything in between. The only reason I spoke for Mark is he's caught in a little bit of traffic and he's on his way. Um, but I just told him, drive safe, get here, brother. So he's going to hop on at some point in the show. But, you know, at the end of the day, we got to keep this thing rolling. So he'll be here soon enough. Uh, again, if you're here and you've been staying with the show pretty consistent, whether it be on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, however you've been helping uh, to support the show and just listen and, you know, maybe leave a comment and things like that. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you're here and you're you're probably like most uh, most ghost viewers, you're checking it out and you're not hitting that like button or subscribe button, be greatly appreciated if you do. Uh, smash, destroy that subscribe button. Uh, one small click for you is a big help to the show, and it's always appreciated as usual. Big shout-out to our sponsors, uh, uh, Courtside Basketball and uh, Hardwood Palace. If you're looking for AAU tournaments and you're looking for, you know, basically a place to practice, uh, uh, good basketball events, um, places to go like that. Check them out. Um, their links will be in the uh, description. Also, shout out to West Coast Legends. Uh, they they help with sublimation, jerseys, anything you need like that. They got you. They'll, they'll hook you up. Uh, uh, Danae and Marcus do great work. Uh, I've been working with them for years. Uh, I've known Danae a long time. She's been making jerseys and stuff for me for a long time. So hit them up. All their links will be in the description. Uh, check them out. Uh, you know, they've been great supporters of the show. And uh, get another big thing, shout out to our Patreon supporters and, and the Podbean Patreon supporters, man. We really appreciate you. I really appreciate you. And we want to just keep going from there. So without uh, further ado, as my boy, uh, uh, Mediocre, t- uh, 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 what's it, MTR, what's his name? Uh, he does he does a podcast where he reviews stuff in the manosphere. That's his uh, little quote. Um, I want to get to our guest. Um, my guest here, I've known him quite a while. Uh, he's one of the first people I met when I became a part of YBA. Um, he's uh, very passionate about who, but just passionate about everything in general. Um, gotten to know him. Uh, consider him a friend, really cool cat, family man, uh, artist, and we're going to get into all that, of course. Um, if you've seen YBA or you've seen him, uh, him coach, you definitely can hear him. He's, he's, a, he's a very vocal <laughs> and loud coach <laughs> like myself, so trust me, I could definitely appreciate that. And, you know, it's, it's just a pleasure to have him. We've been trying to connect for a while, but work schedules and just life schedules and the pandemic, just throw everything in the way. It's been there, but we're here. He, he, he had a chance to show up. And then, um, you know, who knows? Maybe I have a part two or part three or yeah. four. I don't care. Either we'll way. keep it rocking. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, without further ado, let me introduce Coach Anthony Anderson. How you guys doing, man? Coach, how you doing, brother? I'm all right, man. I'm hanging in there. I, I know it. You're constantly grinding and doing your thing, man, helping everybody out. And I just want to say real quick, shout out to the show, man. Thanks for having me on. And I look forward to having uh, uh, Mark in here as well, too. He'll be here at any minute. Yeah, I know. I know he's going to walk through the door. Any minute. Man. I ain't worried about it. But he I'll take something from, from my podcast that I do, and I always – I always throw a cheers, man. So cheers to you, my brother. Appreciate you, man. I appreciate, appreciate you having me on, man. Excited Anytime. to be here. Anytime. Yes, no. sir. So let's let's get right to it. Yeah. Um, you know, let, let's talk about our you 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 go ahead and fill the audience in a little bit of mm-hmm. who you are. Let's talk first about just your basketball background. You can go from like high school up, you know what yeah. I mean? Okay, yeah. So my name's Anthony Anderson, aka AT. A lot of people call me AT, but um 
basketball wise, I started in high school. I went to Granite Bay High School. Uh, started in 2003. Nice. I uh, went there from 03 to 2000. Oh, here's Mark right now. And here comes Mark. <laughs> and this is what we're going to do when Mark, when Mark comes in. We're going to give this man a quick, quick, nice introduction. Welcome to the show, Mark. Man. How are you going? How's it going, man? He just made it in, bro. Pleasure. Be a pleasure. It's, it's, it's so nice of you to join us. Uh, no, I'm kidding. The first time ever on About That Live. Hey. All good. It's all good. Hey. It's all good. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, Mark. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as long as I'm here, that's all that matters. I'm that's here. what matters, right. man. Uh, you right. Good to meet you, Mark. Good to meet you, man. But um, yeah, what I miss? Nothing. Not much. We're just getting into the Anthony's first. Anthony's just getting into talking about some okay. his, stuff, his basketball background. Okay. So yeah, okay. I started. So I went to Granite Bay, man, 2003 to 07. Played freshman basketball 2003 to 2004 for uh, one of my good friends, Coach Hunter, who was a coach for YBA, and I got a chance to coach with for a period of time. Mm-hmm. He was my freshman head coach, so. Uh, my freshman year, we go twenty-two and five, did, did some good things. My sophomore year in the summertime, I was playing with the with the JVs, you know, playing with my guys, yeah. and these are guys I've been playing with since I was like nine. Okay, so I was used to just being my guys, me yeah. and my guys. We yeah. grew up together. Um, going back before high school, kind of build some foundation. I got cut when I was in seventh grade, and I didn't get cut because I wasn't good. I got cut because of a dilemma. Okay. I got cut because, and I figured it out later on in life, which was they didn't know how to take what I was bringing. Because okay. my intensity level when I was younger was so, like, on some other, you know what, you know what I'm saying? Because my <laughs> mindset was I'm going to be either, I'm going to be in the league yeah. or I'm going to be some type of something in music. Like, right. that was that was it right. for me. Right. So my intensity level when I was younger was I already am him. Right. So when things wouldn't go a certain type of way as far as my trajectory because I knew I put the time in. I knew I put the work in. Yeah. It was very frustrating. So okay. when I was younger, I feel like coaches didn't understand how to take that. Right. Because I know even for me as a coach now, if I get a kid that comes in with – I'm a grown man. Yeah. You come in with the same intensity level as me and the same passion as me at the same time, I may or may not be ready to – either deal with that as a coach or accept the fact that there's somebody else out there that's like me. Right. Because a lot of us coaches that were former players yeah. never accepted that. That's why we were right. good. Right, right, We never right. accepted that this yeah. dude's as good as me. Yeah. So when you get into that coach's realm, you got to figure out how you can separate who you were and what you were versus who you're coaching. Right, right. And that was that was always something that I always kept in mind when I first started. So good that was something that, you know, and it's always something that you keep. Right. That you, that you keep around. So I got cut in seventh grade, didn't understand it. Immediately started playing AAU ball though, right after that. Yeah. And it was a thing where a lot of the parents and people didn't understand why I wasn't playing. Halfway through the year, coach tries to get me to come back and play. I, or it was eighth grade, excuse yeah. me, not seventh grade, eighth grade. Didn't play. Right. Play AAU. And that really opened my game up which, and that um, led me into which um, AAU programs did you into high play school? For? So I played for I played for the NorCal Pharaohs. Okay. Played for the NorCal Pharaohs. When I started off when I was younger, it was, you know, rec league stuff. It mm-hmm. was uh, you know, NJBA, stuff like that. But uh, once I started playing seriously, it was yeah. all NorCal Pharaohs. And okay. I got a chance to play for uh, Coach Pablo and Coach Bill, who, you know, Coach Bill went to Sac State, played there, did his thing. Coach Pablo played overseas, did his thing in Europe. Nice. So to be a young kind of kid at that age, at 13, who was kind of down on himself, knew mm-hmm. he had skills, was down on himself for being cut, they really uplifted my spirits. And the people I was playing around, too, good. really showed me, like, hey, yeah, you know, you you playing around some really good talent. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the kids that you're playing with. But these kids, though, if you can measure up with them, hey, as much as it hurts that you got cut, you're, as far as skill level and where you're at right now, mm-hmm. you can't really be mad about that part. Right. 
And I was lucky to understand that at Good. that age. Because most kids yeah. at that age would be like, man, right. I don't want to hear nothing. Right, right. I don't want to no, hear yeah, anything. Right. So I was like blessed got, to have that. It sounded like you had like a confidence booster. Uh, it happened. Yeah. It, once, I get, once I made that AAU team, because I remember mm-hmm. going out to tryouts and being nervous. Yeah. And coming out there and being out there with my zip-up T-Max and <laughs> try, you know what I'm saying? Right. Trying to get that back. Right. And I remember playing well in the tryout and right. getting in the car with my pops. And pops always would ask me, like, how do you think you played today? And he would always ask me, be honest. Like, don't just say, oh, I played good. Like, yeah. really be honest with yourself. Right, right. And I remember being like, dad, like, I think I really, like, I think I really showed something today. That's dope. And that confidence from that conversation and that car ride to getting that phone call the next day to say, hey, he made not just the team, but he made the traveling AAU team. Nice. My, I was through the roof. Mm, I right. was over at my buddy's house. I'll never forget the day, man. I'm at my buddy's house. We're hanging out. But buddy's mom goes, hey, your mom's on the phone. Pick it up. She was like, hey, dad's got something to tell you. Tells me, hey, son. You made a travel team. You're going to be traveling all over California, Vegas, oh, L.A., nice. all that. So I went from being the kid that got cut to, hey, I could, now I could play. The, yeah, I could right, play. So right. that was that was definitely – that was crucial. So then – so uh, circle back to your high school. So you're at Granite Bay. You're playing high school ball. Um, you know, I'm assuming you played all four years of high school. Yep, played high school ball. Um, what about Freshman it? year, sophomore year. Uh, was playing with the freshmen all the way in the summer, all the way up until a point where uh, Coach Gwen Boggs comes in. Mm-hmm. He's a new – Becomes a new varsity coach. Yeah. He sees me in a workout in the summer. Comes up to me. Never forget it. Comes up to me. Goes, I'm going to make you a player. And, like, I didn't know what this. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> dude, 60 years old. Who is this guy? <laughs> but he ends up being my PE teacher. No okay. And he ends up sitting us down and doing the whole camp thing. And if anybody knows Coach Gwen Boggs and what he's done with Triple Threat Camp and what he did at Washington High School in this past, he did it in the late 70s, early 80s, or mid, 80, mid to late 80s, early 90s. He did a lot of great things, and his story is really cool because he came, he's a basically a barnyard kid, a kid that came from, you know, hey, I lived in a shack-style home where you could see the dirt. I'm this tall. I was horrendous as an athlete, <laughs> but he worked his ass off nice. to become a good player and a good shooter and work his way up. So his, his story was inspirational as a young player where you're like, hey, if this little dude can do it, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm naturally gifted. I'm 6'4", 6'5". What's my excuse? So right. I learned a lot from this guy. I started playing for him my sophomore year instead of playing JV ball. Yeah. So I started playing varsity. I'm 15, right. 15 and a half. So I'm like, okay, you go from that confidence boost in eighth grade, ninth grade to, yeah. hey, now you're playing against 17, 18-year-olds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can play, but can you really play? Right. And me being a tall body, thinner body, right. not as physical, more of a finesse player, but had the attitude of like a Kevin Garnett. Right, right. Thought right. he was that big. <laughs> it was a challenge to figure out how you can be effective right. and still be the guy that you are known to be because you're not on this okay. team for no reason. So right. play sophomore year. We missed the playoffs by one game. I played really well in the last game, gave me a lot of confidence. I remember walking out of the gym, and my coach was like, hey, you know, take some time off. He had a great year. And I was like, yeah, I'll be back in the gym Monday. Hey. Yeah, it's Friday night right now. Right. You know, my friends want to hang out and do all that. We'll do that this weekend. But come Monday morning, I'll be in the gym before class. Good. Period. I love that. It's just what it is. And, you know, we see you here. You got Kobe. Yes, sir. Got Mike. Yeah, well, Those are course. my guys. Yeah, yeah. Mamba yeah, mentality. Those are my guys. Michael Jordan and Kobe. You know, Kobe's on the back of me, on my phone cover. I mean, just that okay. mentality to say, yep. hey, I don't care if I failed. I don't care if I didn't do what I expected myself to do. I'm going to go get that. I don't care what it takes for me to do that. So after that point, I started going to the gym every morning, me and Pops. 5, 6 a.m., go to the gym, work out before class every day. So my thing was I got an hour and a half on all of y'all before Mm -hmm. you even come to school. Uh (laughs) We're going to go to school. You're going to go to school. You're going to BS. 
You're going to come to practice. It takes everybody in high school 15, 20 minutes to get warmed up. Yep. Boy, I already done did a whole workout. I right. got 700 shots in already. Right. Yeah. I'm already ready to go. That's so true. come the first drill, mm -hmm. I'm, on, I'm on your ass. <laughs> I like that. I'm on you. That's and if good. you don't like that, and if you're mad at that, then hey, come see me at 545 in the morning. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Let's get some workouts in. That's good. Let's take a shower at 645 and go do these BS these terrible these classes we don't want to do, but we know we put the work in. Now come, let's let's do that. And that was just my That's mentality. Good. That's good. That was my mentality all through high school. Yeah, so. the right mentality. So then let's, well, let's go to after high school, college. Uh, I know, or like, oh, I, I mean, you're gonna say your story, but you know, we were just yeah. talking about your your years at Jessup and things like that. But yeah. go ahead, uh, talk about your college story. Yeah, so college story. So my senior year, we go twenty three and five. We freaking losing the first round. We're a three seed. We losing the first round to Grant. Grant's a fourteen seed. They come into our house. Beat us. We lose. So for me, though, I knew that that wasn't the end of my basketball career. Though. Mm -hmm. It was tough, though, for some of my teammates that were my friends that knew that, hey, that, that was it. it. Yeah. So taking that in and taking that into consideration when I went to play was I'm keeping the spirit of, oh, my guys, I've been doing these dudes since we was 10. So the decision I made to go play is bigger than just me. Right. Bigger than me, bigger than my family. It's, it's about all these guys, all these coaches that I've had to get to this point. So I decided I had an offer from Colgate in New York. But at the time, being 18, never left Cali, I was like, hey, nah. Right, I'm, right, I'm right. Cool. Yeah, I'm blamed. So I ended up deciding to, and then Jessup came. But at the time, I was like, nah, I want to keep my options open. And then um, Coach Fasano came mm -hmm. my senior year. Yeah. Came, had a really good rapport with him, and I remembered him. I was like, yo, I remember I really love Coach Coach Fasano. Yeah. And I was like, he's at Sierra. He's doing some good things. He's, yeah. at, he's got James Doran. He got Mike Philogene. He got these guys. He had uh, – he had um, – uh, who was it, man? He had another one of the one of the guards. Last name was Johnson. Went to uh, went to forget what school this kid went to, man. But this dude was super, super, super good. I'm blanking on blanking on it. Right. Matt Johnson. Oh, Matt. Oh, yeah. Matt Johnson. Yeah, Matt. yeah, Matt Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt. You know Matt oh, yeah. Johnson's little yeah, son playing now. Matt. Oh, yeah. yeah. I coach. Uh, Matt, uh, you know, shout out to Matt. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, you know, uh, I coach uh, his son. Yeah, yes. his son was playing for my AU team. Bro. Yeah. Nice. So I remember he had you know, a super bounce. You know, and obviously we know Coach Cole, Brandon yeah, at the time yeah. he was there. So I remember coming in my senior year after we're done and going to a workout mm -hmm. with them. And we scrimmaged and did all that. I remember watching Matt Johnson and James Doran and these dudes are just prolific scorers and shooters. And you sitting there and like, you know, you know that you're good, but watching them, yeah. it was like, yo. I mean, but that's Juco. I mean, that's, that's what and these dudes were learn. division one level guys that were still here. Yeah. Because of that. circumstances right. or whatever. That's why we talk about, right. me and Mark talk about it all the time, like to these kids, because a lot of, I know his kids listen to the show. My kids listen, that I coach listen to the show, but I like that they hear it from other people. Yeah. Because me and him could, you know, you coach and train a kid after years and years after a while, that you could just sound like a damn broken record. Oh, 100%. But it's good for people like you and from the outside looking and saying, no, nah, like, their JC level is college level. You know it, what I mean? It, it, it is. Some of these kids have this misconception like uh, JC's the 13th grade oh, no. or something. It's like, it's if, not if, if any of y'all watch Last Chance You at all, mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. I mean, it's true. You watch any of that. Some of these guys' stories, I mean, I, play, I was playing against a ton of Division I K-backs every single night. Yeah. Every night where you'll go, you go into a game and you're like, Wait, wasn't that that dude that got yeah. that went to West Virginia last year? What happened? <laughs> oh, he had grades. Right? Yep. Are he here? No, he here playing Six against Six eleven. You. <laughs> I got to play against this dude. <laughs> and you, it was every night. Yeah, playing against the Loney, the Deltas, DVC, all these teams from all over the place, all over the country. The Butte Colleges of the world, even Santa Rosa yeah. at the time. Some of these guys, these prolific shooters and scorers, mm -hmm. where it's like, hey, I know I could play, but I gotta really come yeah. 
be ready to oh, play. Yep. And so I decided to go to Sierra, and it was the best decision I made. Coach Fasano taught me how to be a more a tougher defender, a tougher player, period. Because he knew, he was like, yo, you good, but hey, man, you, you can get you're right. a feather. You knock your ass. You, you're too soft, bro. You finesse. Like, you hard, You tough, but you haven't been in enough situations right. and scenarios where on a daily basis, this is what you face 24-7. And if you can challenge yourself to say, I'm going to do that, yeah. You uh, just imagine the player that you can become. And I just went full-fledged into it, believed every word he said as hard as it was, and just went, went and did it. And nice. it, it, it really benefited me, man. So shout out to Coach Fasano and to all my coaches I had there, man. Coach James yeah, Sheridan, all the players I played with, you guys have really helped me grow. Because I was one of the youngest kids on the team at the time. I was eight, freshly 18. Wow. You know, you're playing against 23, 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple kids, was tw- a couple guys was 28 that had gone on, mm-hmm. done some other things, came back to finish up. So I'm out there like, yo, you really a baby <laughs> out here. You got to learn how to be a man. Yeah. So shout out to Coach for really teaching me that, man. That was awesome. And then after Sierra, is that when you went to Jessup? After okay. Sierra, I went to Jessup. Sierra, so I'm at Sierra my freshman year, sophomore year, play half the f- preseason. We're doing a practice, New Year's 09. I tear my knee up, get hit on a yeah. – I'm, I'm just doing what I'm taught. If I'd have been two feet off and helped, like not under the basket, I would have not got hurt. But mm-hmm. I'm right where I'm supposed to be at when my teammates gets hit, takes a charge, yeah. falls into my leg, I'm not looking, twisted up. Tear my PCL, stri- all that. So I Mark, Mark missing, knows a lot about that oh, stuff. Oh, man. Tear, tore PCL, strained LCL, strained MCL, yeah. severely sprained ACL, basically basically almost blew the knee out. And so it went from, okay, you're a sophomore, you're highly touted, you're doing great, to, hey, now you're going to miss 16 games, you're going to be out five months, your quote-unquote damaged goods. People are still going to want to rock with you, though, because you 6'6 six, six and can shoot. Yeah. But it's going to be – you're going to be dealing with – that part right, now. Right, so right. still getting the calls, all of that, going to college, doing my thing at Sierra. Always had a hot GPA. That was never a problem. Good. But dealing with the business side of basketball, dealing with the I'm done with class now. Hey, I've gotten seven calls a day from these colleges. But these six know I'm hurt. This one don't know. These six are giving me this now because they know I'm hurt. Yeah. But this one don't. But when they find out that I am, it's going to be this. And then you got this coaching staff who wants to get me. But, hey, Four of them coaches are leaving for other staffs in two months, and if I come, it might not be the same thing. Yeah. So all these the different things in the business yeah. of politics yeah. that you had to start thinking about and worrying about. And I just started focusing on the business side of things, going into C- to, to, to Jessup. And then it was Jessup and Chico State and Weber State. Mm-hmm. And Chico State, I really wanted to go because it was a business right. school. That was my major. Took a couple extra weeks. Shout out to the whole staff, though, man. The coaches, all there. I, I love them. Yeah. Still got love, to, love for them to this day. But I chose Jessup, met with Coach Aaron Muick at the time, yeah, who was Muick, coach over Coach there. Muick, yeah. Coach Muick, Coach Purcell, met with them and decided to sign with them and 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 went to Jessup and, and played two years there for, for coach, coach Muick. So, you know, got a chance to play against Chico State right, a couple right, of right, times right, and, right. And, and, and coach and and uh, Jay Flores and Rod Hawkins mm-hmm. and some guys that I really love. But I uh, uh, got a chance to go to Jessup and get my education, graduate. It's a great journey. It was a it was it was a great journey, yeah. and it was it was awesome to be at Jessup because you're playing playing in the Cal Pack. Mm-hmm. You're again playing against Division One K-Packs. Yep. You know you get a chance to play against Oregon Tech, right? Right. And the most yep. the winningest coach in college basketball Danny history, Miles. not just NCAA <laughs> but NAIA. Yeah, Danny getting Miles. a chance to go up there play in their gym. Um, we lost to them every time we played. <laughs> we we had them down right. two or three of the times, and they came back beat us. A couple of times at Oregon That's Tech had them down, they beat us. But I always played well against them, right? And the reason was because I knew that who their coach was. Right. And I was like, yo, if anything, if we don't win, at least get your respect, guys. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember going up there and shooting around, doing some things. 
and having their coach and one of their announcers tell me, like, hey, man, we've had a lot of players and shooters come through here over the years, but, like, you're one of the most prolific and to watch. Nice. And so for me, even in the moment where you're losing by 17, you're going to lose a tournament, whatever. Right. As a basketball player, understanding good. what right. the state of Oregon means to basketball and to have that guy that's been announcing games for Oregon Tech for mm-hmm. 40, 50, whatever, yeah. how many years, and shake those guys' hands, walked out of there feeling like, hey, when I hang them up and I'm done, you can at least say that you earned the respect to guys like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And you that's can pass right. it down to your kids, which we'll get into. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, that's man. Dope. So then, yeah, let's talk about the AU side of it. You know, um, and like I said, very cool journey. I'm glad you shared that with me. Absolutely. Um, you know, what's your what's your overall assessment of AU? And what I mean, you know, I always ask this, is always pretty much my lead question, but it's, you yeah. know, the good points, the bad points, um, you know, the, watching the evolution of AU, where it's been, where it's going. I yeah. mean, you could even look at our organization, YBA, as – as a, a parameter of it, you see yep. where we when I got here to where we're at now. I mean, yep. totally different. But what's your overall feeling look of AU basketball? Overall, I've always so I got into it as a player in 2003 and as a coach in 2012 and to the present. So I've been involved in it for about 18 years. Yep. From a player's perspective to a coach's perspective now, and from even from our program, yeah. It's there's so many different growth levels that have occurred, especially with I'm being probably biased because I've been here. Yeah. But seeing what we've done from it just being kind of a clubhouse for basketball players to mm-hmm. an academy. Yeah. You you go from just bringing players in and having and having former college players or former NBA or whoever coming in and, and guiding this talent to you've got the correct players, you've got the right people in place as far as sponsorships and opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got the right coaches and you've got the right spectatorship even as well yeah. because even now I've even noticed because of what we're doing, the respect level and how it's viewed oh, yeah. well, is exactly. different. Yeah, it's and, you know, I came in when I started in 2012. I started with a third-grade team, yeah. moved up with them from third to fourth to fifth grade, left that group, went with another group from sixth, seventh, eighth, into their freshman year, left them, went with the group I've had now, yeah. 9th, 10th, 11th, now they're seniors. Right. So doing that evolution and seeing going from got a bunch of teams to, yeah. yo, we're an academy, we're not just an academy, we're winning tournaments not just locally, mm-hmm. but in Vegas, we're winning yeah. tournaments in L.A., we're we moving na- around, we we're doing some things, recognition, national right? recognition, yeah. the way that we've changed our social media platform into yeah. being mm-hmm. a platform for our players, mm-hmm. encouraging our players to get involved with that, and it's supplementing their growth opportunities yeah. for colleges and for looks and for all those different things. It's a professional look from the top down, from the time you walk into the door and the interactions that you have with coaches and the interactions that you have with the players and the way that our systems are run. Because I say even before when we started, when you yeah. came in, yeah. I had been there for a couple of years and you right. came in, yeah. there was only maybe a handful or mm-hmm. ten. Now it's from top to bottom, right. systems-wise, it doesn't matter if a coach is a man-to-man principal guy, a press guy, a zone principal guy, mm-hmm. a motion offense guy, a sets guy, a horns guy. It doesn't matter. There's principal set, and they're being followed by each and every one of these teams, each and every one of these players, and it's translating directly yeah. And the success within the program yeah. and success for these kids <laughs> outside of the program as well. I mean, so yeah. when you're able to combine both, hey man, I mean, we try to it's been a, a blessing I mean, to be a part of this, bro. It really, well, yeah, has. you know, That's I mean, sick. you've seen it. You know, we've we when I came in, now you know, like, and you saw me from day. I mean, I never, I never anticipated being in this role for no. me for YBA. You know, what I mean, I came in just as a coach. Like yep. honestly, Mark, like that's all it was. It was just me. I just wanted to coach. Yeah. And have fun and stuff. And then me and Ken's relationship just kind of grew naturally. And then we both just I, – I 
I do have a very business mindset. I mean, anyone who sees my social media, you guys can realize I don't sleep much, and I'm always no. like on the fucking go, and I'm always doing. Yeah, something. That's why we get along, man. We always doing something. <laughs> exactly. Even when the work is done, there's something else that we feel like well, we need to be doing. And so once I started seeing some things, you know, I just, I, I just, me and Ken would just naturally. We always used to go to Blaze Pizza or uh, Mel's Diner, and me and Ken would just sit down and talk. And we would just talk for like hours and just different ideas and stuff. And then the cool part with Kenji, I would say, is he's the type. He's open to ideas. Most guys in his situation are very closed off, very like, uh, no, 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 this is what works. Like, This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. But I I would say an idea, and two days later, he's like, oh, Chris, I like that idea. Uh, Go ahead and uh, let's try it. And then we would try it. And then it just kept kind of growing and growing. Then, of course, you – be quite honest, you had the right brothers in the right situations. Like we yeah, mentioned, bro. Brandon Cole, yep. uh, Marcus Robinson, and Brandon got me into it. I mean, yeah, my story with Brandon. I met Brandon. I played with Brandon at Sierra, and with Fasano, mm-hmm. 07. Met him then. We became brothers in a practice. Yeah, it was a hard practice. He was killing everybody on this bubble drill, where the rims is bubbled, and he's doing offers. He offers the rebound. He killing. <laughs> It's killing everybody. And I'm out there getting my ass kicked. I'm a freshman. I'm trying to figure out how to actually box out. <laughs> Not to stand there and be 6'6 and jump. Really be a man. Yeah. So he's killing us. And we getting killed. And so we end up running. And he could tell I'm really getting frustrated. But he could tell that I was working my ass off. And he comes up to me when we about to run. And stands next to me on the line. Was like, yo, it's me. It's me and you. Like, he noticed that. He was like, I got you, bro. He was like, me and you. Like, me and you going to race these liners. We going to, like, I see you. Right, and I was like, for sure, like I'm out the freshman doghouse, bro. Like, <laughs> and we became brothers and That's challenged sick. each other every day. And then Thanksgiving comes around, dorm shit. I'm like, bro, they're making people pay for dorms during Thanksgiving, crazy bullshit. And I was like, hey, you know, come come be with us, bro. Yeah, the fam. Yeah, can't stay with us, bro. Became fan ever since then, brothers. Nice. Love that man. He got me into YBA. Yeah, because he knew that I wanted to coach, but he also knew that I was like. Because eh. yeah. I knew I was so intense. <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm a Kobe Michael dude. <laughs> so, like, for me to really take it to that level, I'm going to need to be around some guys that have done it. Yeah. Not just coaches that have coached me as a player, coached me as a coach. Yeah. And so I learned a lot. My, my yeah. first couple of years learning, going through trial and error, learning, dealing with parents, dealing yeah. with situations, mm-hmm. dealing with players, learning, and then figuring out, okay, I can be this intense guy, but I'll do it in pockets. Mm-hmm. When it's necessary. Mm-hmm. We put the game plan out, put the ball in the kids' hands, let them ball. That's their game. But when they need it, I give it to them. Versus it being from tip to end or from the beginning, first whistle to the last whistle in practice. Compartmentalizing that energy. Once I made that choice, that's when things started getting better. So you mentioned parents. So do you think that's the the week? Because we talk about this on the show all the time. Uh, but do you think that's the biggest, could be either the biggest positive or negative when it comes to AAU basketball? Is the 100%. Parent. And I'll say from my own experience, being young, because I was 23. So, but in the game, I was, you know, a veteran in my mindset. But yeah. as a young man, dealing with other people's kids, mm-hmm. all that, it was different. So, you had to understand, and I'm over here at the same time, we'll talk the music thing in too. Yeah. Doing my music, full-time musician, full-time, all that. Balancing that with a social life. Coming to games, being there for these kids, all so trying to figure out right. all of that, and so you know there was times where I slipped up yeah. and, and made mistakes and made errors where I overbooked or overdid whatever. Mm-hmm. But I really started to learn early on after my, especially after my first year, yeah. uh, how to balance all that stuff. And so once I got through that first group and learned from that and. 
feel like every coach has had those moments with all their parents where there's like a whole meeting yeah. where everyone's like, you always hey, gonna have, yeah, you're going to have a meeting. A, and that for me, <laughs> that for me was humbling. Because it, it wasn't even upsetting. Yeah. It was more so humbling where yeah. it was like, hey, there's a bunch of guys like parents, they care about their kids. You care about them. Learn from this. Learn from your positives, your negatives, and move forward. And that next group I got from there, I learned from that and got even better mm-hmm. and was able to kind of double back with my original group and say, hey, these are things I messed up on. This is what I'm doing better with now. You're still my guys. If you ever need help, whatever, we keep doing that. So you keep growing as a coach. Mm-hmm. It's not just pushing the kids to be better players. Right. You have to say, hey, as a coach, when you come over tonight, how effective was I tonight? Yeah, You, you know, if, if we were doing a lot of running, how much of that was on them? Right. Did, did right. I have them ready? Did I? What What am I doing? So, and then communicating that. You know, I always communicate to my boys. I'm the most transparent, right. like ever. Right. Like, I'll be on them, but then I'll be like, "Hey guys, I wasn't very good in the second half last week. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very good. I was. I gave you guys too much freedom to do, and I could tell y'all needed more from me. So yeah. I'm gonna be better about." Give him more structure. Well, that's big as a coach because it's huge. A lot of coaches don't say that. They don't say that. So when your players see you say that, they're yeah. like, "Oh, pfft. my coach is holding himself accountable too." Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm. If he asks me to do something, I'm gonna do it. Because yeah. if he messes up, he's probably the hardest person on himself more than anybody else. Yeah. They got to know that. So that's good. That. Yeah, man. Well, I want to talk. I want to talk about your music now because, you know, with with sports and like you said, your passion. It's it seems to reflect in how you approach your music because that's yep. like you said your, your second passion, right? Yep. Um, you know your journey. You know you could speak some on your journey as an artist and and how you've applied kind of speak speak on your journey as an artist, but also how you've applied the same work ethic you had in sports to that journey. Oh yeah, sports and music go hand in hand. I mean, I remember when I first I started doing music really when I was a kid, writing, doing all that. But I was in I was in a band when I was a kid from the time I was in fifth grade to eighth grade. So mm-hmm. I did four years in band. I played trumpet, played tuba, learned how to read music notes, all that. Got in the eighth grade, finished up, and then started doing my thing with hoop and all that. But I always took that knowledge because I knew as a writer and kind of a musician at heart, it yeah. was like, yo, I want to keep these skills honed when it's time, it's time. And so I always kept the notebooks, writing songs, doing all that little mixtapes, rapping on the phone, doing all that type right, of stuff, right, staying right. fresh. And then an opportunity came, 2010, opportunity comes up. The summer 2010, one of my good friends from when I was in elementary school, running to him at like a 4th of July party. Hmm. Running to him, one of my other, one of the other guys I went to high school with who I wasn't like super close friends with, mm-hmm. but I knew him because I knew he was always with my guy. Yeah. And so we ran into each other, started talking, and he was like, hey, man, we just started doing the music. Like, we've been trying to get into it. We're into it now. Like, yo, we've heard that you've been doing some stuff, that you've been trying to find a space. Like, yo, let's do something. Yeah. I told him, I was like, yo, it's it's cool. Like, let's do this. Let's make it official. Like, y'all come over to my house. Right. Come over. We'll kick it. Do a little test session. Knowing I had a million bars ready. <laughs> I will do a little test session. It's right, cool. Right. So they come over. We hang out. Just waiting for that moment. I run them, like, five tracks. Right. My boy was like, yo, it's good. Like, come over so the next week i came over june 8th 2010 i go over to this man's house and started the journey so june 8th 2010 recorded my very first project very first song and it's you know uh october what is it november what is it yeah, seven? November, yeah. Seven. 2021 and we mm-hmm. still going man yeah. so i use i use uh the basketball thing in my music a lot as far yeah, as reference so for me it's been 11 seasons basketball wise work at work ethic same thing with music. Yeah. When I started doing music, I was still in college at Jessup. 
Wow. I was going to classes. I was doing all that. Going to the studio, and the mindset in the studio was, hey, if we got four songs we're trying to get done tonight, that's what we're doing tonight. Uh, whether they're recorded, written, practiced, whatever, that's what we're doing. I'm not leaving out of here without what we just said we're going to do. Well, I think sports is a good reflection of life, but it, like I said, it's also a reflection of your character. Oh, 100%. Right? You know right. what I mean? Uh, 100%. My coach always used to say, uh, uh, especially in high school, ba- uh, basketball doesn't lie. Right. It tells you who you are um, and, and, and you'll figure that out. You know, if, if you're more of a selfish type of just individual, yep. you're more than likely a ball hawk. If you're very much, you know, if you're lazy and you don't want to work hard and, you know, just do bare minimum, yep. more than likely you're going to be bare minimum guy in life. In you know life. what I mean? Like, it's just it's just funny how it all reflects. That's it's, why I like synonymous. having different people on where they understand, like, basketball is the unifying yep. thing amongst all yep. of us. But. Right, we apply it to different parts in our life because basketball ends. I don't care at some point. It no, ends. It, it, it does. And, <laughs> and I used to, always used to tell myself when I was in college, when the ball stops bouncing, mm-hmm. when the ball stops bouncing, who are you? Right. What are you? And if the ball stopped bouncing my sophomore year when I tore my knee up, I at least could have said, "You got three point eight, G point, grade point average. You're a great student. You got some other things going for yourself. You don't have to." Live and die by that ball bouncing or not bouncing. Yep. And because I always understood that. Always. Always understood it. And even when I got to the point of my senior year where I played my last game, mm-hmm. I and I knew my senior year, I almost felt like Buster Posey just felt his last season with the Giants. Yeah. I'm a huge Giants fan, which was, I'm going to empty the tank. Right. This is it. I'm going to empty the tank. My senior year at Jessup, I knew I'm so dedicated to this music and I have such an affection that even if somebody offered me an overseas contract, mm-hmm. as much as I've been working for it for 20 years right i'm about to empty the tank okay so every practice every line drill when stuff was super hard i would always tell myself like smile about it because you're gonna look back one day and be like man i wish i was still doing this <laughs> and so when they, right. there would be super hard days where yeah. i'd be on the sideline just like laughing and my teammates be like what is wrong with you bro <laughs> what is wrong with you t we are dying out here i'm like bro you don't love this <laughs> come you on bro it's it. it's Come on, bro. When we get done with this, we're about to go get some food, go back to our apartments that are fully furnished, lights on. We on scholarship. Right. You ain't, this is beautiful. Huff and puff for the next six, seven, eight minutes. <laughs> get some water and get over it. Come on, yeah, baby. You're right. Because like, in 10 years, when you when it's yeah. tough, yeah. you don't look back like, man, I wish I was still dying at practice. Well, it's like E.T. says, with, pain is temporary. It's temporary. Yeah, so it's temporary. I really tried to take that in. Nice. And enjoy it. I like that. So man. with my kids now, that's why I was telling them, like, look, as hard as it might be now, enjoy this right, right. now, man. Yeah. Look at your brother to the right. Look at your brother to the left. Look at the game. Look at the court. Look at just take it in. Good stuff, man. Because when it's over, yeah, it's, it's over. over. Yeah. You're right. Well, it's over. Well then, the you got anything, Mark? Or, oh man, I know I've been, he, he got me hyped up. Right <laughs> I know, I know. He got me hyped up. Well, I know, he got me boy, it's his that's moment. Me. This is your time. But that's, that's how this I is be. always. I, like, I got the shoes man. in the car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm like, Come yeah. on, baby. I'm like, okay. It's like, all about just taking advantage of your moment. It doesn't matter when it is or what time it is. You just take advantage, man. That's it, man. Yeah. I um. Well, let's move on. Uh, let's talk the NBA a little bit. Let's have some fun. Let's talk the NBA a little bit. Um. So a couple things. Uh. Well, we were just talking about it. The Bulls wanted to talk about them again. Um, yeah. Man, they're just fun to watch right now. I don't know if I you've been it. watching them, Mark, a yes. little bit, but they yes. are, man. They're just kind of fun to watch. The chemistry. It. You can just tell they love each other. They yeah, love man. playing with each other. That's yeah. what I love about it, man. Being a lifelong Bulls fan, Bulls Kings, 
but especially my Bulls are for life. Watching the chemistry was inside the first ten games is awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're so excited for each other. Yeah, uh, those first few games, especially, you know, even if a guy gets a tip pass, you got the mm-hmm. bench going crazy. Yeah, and it's and it's it's genuine. It's right. not like no. some hoorah right. coach yeah. Donovan's no, no. telling them to no, do it type no, stuff. Babe. It's really genuine. I don't know what they. What we I don't got. know what their summer league was like that got them bonding. Like I don't know. I mean, you know, I know like LeBron, he would always do mm-hmm. things like team dinners and yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm a, I'm assuming somebody stepped forward somebody and did had that. To have done something. A veteran sure. or somebody. Yeah. Or but again, it could just be natural. Sometimes you just click with guys and they just might all just and be we, like, and we've got fun guys. Yeah. You know, you got you know Lonzo's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demar, Demar is just captivating as mm-hmm. not just a mental health advocate, but a right. guy who's a lifelong Kobe yeah. and a fantastic. Ball player overall, and then you know you got Vucevic, who's mm-hmm. just quiet assassin type level. Um, Levine, then, who's been the staple, Levine, he's been the cornerstone. I, lo- I mean, I've always been a fan of him, but especially since he's come to the Bulls, just watching him grow and him also last year tell himself, "I'm gonna be an All Star mm-hmm. to become that," yeah, and then to become a staple is awesome. And then and then you got uh, the young the young man Alex Caruso, yeah. who mm-hmm. just does it all defensively, offensively. He's athletic, he attacks, he can shoot. He does a lot of great things. Championship experience. <laughs> that is true. But I mean, the thing with him is, I mean, he always, I mean, he played like this when he was at AM. Yeah. Just balls to the wall 24 7. Mm-hmm. So, really excited for the Bulls. Really excited for what they're doing. Shout out to Billy Donovan. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Bulls front office for making changes. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to John Paxson for saying, hey, I'm going to take 35 steps back. Let's get a new GM in here. Right. Let's get a new. <laughs> right. Let's, let, let me chill. Yeah. So, shout out to them for making some 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 changes, man. I'm excited about the Bulls and who they can be. Yeah. See? I mean, you got some you got some great storylines and some some teams doing some big things. Uh my Warriors, very happy with, can't complain that I'm where I'm honest, sitting at. Man. Mm-hmm. when Clay Thompson comes back. <laughs> right. I know, I know. Right? Even if he's again, everyone's like, well, he might not be I was like, I, listen, look, his his game wasn't predicated bro, on his athletic. All he got to do is catch and shoot. You got this man Steph Curry. Out here making 13 threes in the game. Yeah. Winning by 41. You got Gary Payton. Gary uh, Payton Jr. Ju- seconds yeah, dunking man. on people and locking everybody up. Yeah. Come on now. You've got Jordan Poole coming into his own. Yeah. He's like yeah. basically baby clay. Right. Third splash brother. Third splash right. brother. Draymond's always solid. Yeah. You're getting Wiseman back. He's Wiseman, getting ready to go yeah. down and play in Santa Cruz. He was said, I want to get reps in down there and then come right back and be mm-hmm. ready to go. Yeah. Bro, we're dangerous. We're, yeah. Like, Y'all are dangerous. I'm so telling you right now. It's going to take Kawhi a minute to get healthy. Jamal Murray's, Murray's not yeah. back yet. Yeah. The Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz could win seventy five regular season games, and I would still be like, <laughs> right. "We're going to lose the playoffs." Exactly. Every <laughs> single time, I'm like, they're, the, "They're just the Jazz. Right. They're going to be You're the right. Jazz. The Jazz are going to Jazz." So well. to me, it's it's Golden State. It's, I mean, it's Golden State. I mean, you know, I and Mark's a. Super Laker fan, yeah, and I know don't he's get, going don't get me through. Started, man. Right don't get me started now. right now. Man. I, I know he's going. Leaves, bro. <laughs> don't get me started right now. I mean, now, the the bro, we just talk. Remember we just talked yeah. about the Westbrook experience. Yeah, right man. There? I don't know, bro. Here's my thing with Westbrook. Is this? <laughs> That's and a I'm, I'm, decision. A, I'm a Westbrook fan. I love him. Yeah, I love Westbrook. Hard. You could be a but fan of him. The no thing, doubt. the thing that I think has to happen is this. It's not impossible for Westbrook to run point with AD and Braun, but what needs to happen is. For Russell to focus on the back end of the stat sheet. To say, look, I'm cool getting 17, yeah. 15. But I'm still going to get them 10-plus rebounds and them 10-plus assists. Yeah. So whatever we got going on in the offensive end, let me fit into it. Facilitation-wise, LeBron can't facilitate anything. And, of course, him being out is a struggle. But when he gets back, he can be the yeah. he can be the facilitator to set those opportunities up. Yeah, AD's got to be AD. Even in the loss last night, what AD do? 28, yeah. 19, yeah. doing AD, doing AD. 
So that's going to happen. But you got to allow LeBron to facilitate, Westbrook to fill, fill his role, and then you can't have Rondo but and Westbrook you, on the floor at the same time. Well, no. but now, They've been doing that, and the shooting can't is do it. poor. It's and, very, very poor. It's going to be one or the other. Well, and then um, LeBron's out for like four or eight weeks, like a potentially. Week. A week with a the week. abdominal. Oh, a week? The last okay. two. Yeah. The last one was there. the ankle. And that's but, you the, know. That's the thing. I feel like, in my opinion, I feel like just the two the – two, when we lost to OKC, they came back from 26, and then they came back from 19 – Okay, LeBron didn't play, and from the whole Westbrook, I'm I'm a big Westbrook fan too, but at the end of the day, just looking at his past, all the teams he's played for, playing for KD, he needs to be led. Yep. And I feel like if LeBron's not on the court, right, you can let him be Westbrook, but again, when he's not on the court, right, because KD didn't have that personality to 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 try to lead Russ. That's why he left. Yeah. With LeBron, because again, to me, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna trust LeBron for yeah. All Star break. You know what I'm saying? That <laughs> anything he, LeBron does, we can trust. Yeah, right. you know what I'm saying? Like 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 he's the genius mindset here. So I'm assuming, right? We gonna struggle, but at the same time, my thing, what I'm concerned about when LeBron has these times when he's hurt, that was the reason why you brought Russ. Yeah. So he can take those rests. You know, he can take that break because at the end of the day, he's getting old. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, they said, yeah. and they said, and this is the point that was made too. You know, first take ESPN and whatever, but mm-hmm. it was a solid take. With which was Russ was brought here to offset the nights that LeBron yep. was not LeBron. Yeah. yeah. And so if LeBron is out completely, yeah. you need him to do that. I mean, with Westbrook, and you take the last couple examples, right? You take Houston. He didn't want to be a spectator to James Harden. Mm-hmm. I feel like if the game's rules were the way they are now two years ago in Houston, he would still be there. Because oh yeah, the Harden rules. is no yeah, yeah, yeah. Harden can no longer do that. Hard, yeah. Harden is struggling. And then in Washington, Bradley Beal's thing has always been, hey, I'm cool yeah. being in a tandem. I have walled all that. Yeah, but he wasn't in a position, and the team wasn't in a position to tell Westbrook to tame anything. Yeah, so he was full fledged Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Now he's in a position where it's like, hey, you're around other guys that can help you not have to do all of that. Yeah, it's just like comparatively in music, right? Where for me, I've been do- the audio engineer, the producer, the mix, all that. When you finally get in a space where somebody's like, hey, I can mix your vocals. Hey, I can do your, your cover arts. Yeah. And I'm like. You sit back and just let it happen. Relax. Okay. <laughs> exactly. But you have to, yep. let it, have to let it happen. You have to yep. let people help you in the roles that they're great at. And True. once Russ figures that out, that out, yeah. that's when things will click. You see Vogel who's not going to change. He didn't. He's not freaking out. Everyone's trying to get Vogel to freak out. He's not doing it. No. That's why I respect Frank. He's like, look, it, we're nine games. Relax. Yeah. There's some things we could tweak and fix. We're going to get Brian back. But I think, hey, once that trade led that trade, trade deadline comes and there's some other guys that are available and it's not working out, yeah. you might need to think about stretching that floor and bringing in some other shooters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you do. I mean, yeah. is it, sure. that, that one's going to be the most interesting storyline. Uh, the last thing I want to uh, uh, bring up, and this is more just a reflection for some of you young guys to learn from uh, these mistakes, um, uh, and it's just because – DJ Academics talked to her recently, and I looked up on that the PJ Brittany Washington, Renner. yeah, the Brittany Renner, PJ Jesus Washington storyline. Like, <laughs> just, just absolutely <laughs> like, look, man, I again, I try not to get too much into all that bullshit, but young brothers, please, 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 take this as a lesson, man. Like, take this and learn from it, man. Like, and don't got- name the don't name the little brother after you either. You <laughs> name him PJ Washington Jr. the third, Her. which solidifies and verifies her doing what she did because her defense can be, well, we named him after him. Yeah. He's okay with this. He was fine with it. All of that. 
And on top of that, you're getting reports from people that are saying that P.J. Washington, even though he's averaging about seven minutes a game right now for the Charlotte Hornets, yeah. is absolutely eating up the fact that he's a media topic. Yeah. So I of think course. the person that needs to talk to him right now plays currently for our Sacramento Kings. His name is Tristan Thompson. He's to sit <laughs> this man down and say, listen to me. You don't want these problems, brother. You don't want these problems. I went from winning an NBA championship to playing 12 minutes a game and being ousted. Don't do it. I'm telling you, man. Somebody better what, go get him. These, kid, these kids got to learn from this mistake, man. Like, I'm telling you right be, now. Be smarter than it, you know. Yeah, keep your shit wrapped up, kids. Stay away from the Instagram holes. <laughs> exactly, man. Bro, and, 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 and to keep it 1,000, Brittany Renner at the end of the day, gang... Thugged her way into this shit like George Bush thugged his way into the White House. <laughs> and then defends it. Yeah. Very, very hard. Intimately. Yeah, On top did. of that, her thing is, I wrote a whole book mm-hmm. about this a year and a half ago. A whole book Talking that about this. all of you guys critically acclaimed for me. Yeah. Here we are a year and a half later, and I do what I said you could do in this book. Now... I'm public enemy number one. Yep. There's a million females out there right now doing the same thing. They are. On the flip side, speaking of music, you get a Summer Walker who drops her album and London on the tracks her yeah. baby daddy, whatever. Yeah. But he got like four baby mamas. Right. So like the whole album, it's her crying about the fact that she's a fourth baby mama <laughs> when you could have easily chosen not to be that person. Yeah, exactly. So you've got two sides of the spectrum. Sure. You got your Britney Renners and your quote unquote predators. And then you have your Summer Walkers who become Baby Mama number four, right. five, six, or seven. Well, like the make comedian, a whole uh, album and make money off the it. the comedian Country Wayne. He got like five or six. Five or six. Mamas. <laughs> like I was watching. Funny enough, I was on YouTube and randomly because I, I uh, the, a little document because you know they do those little documentaries yeah. on YouTube. I'm a documentary guy. Like, I, looking yeah, at same, that bro. stuff. Yeah. And they did one on a genuine. It was like a 15 minute one. I didn't know this motherfucker had like nine <laughs> kids. He has like nine kids. Shout like six genuine. baby mamas. He like, also what? he also and you know. Speaking of mental health awareness is a big deal. Yeah. I'm a Fa- Atlanta Falcons fan. Shout out to the Falcons for winning today. Mm-hmm. But Atlanta Falcons currently are dealing with a mental health issue with Calvin Ridley at the wide receiver spot. Mental health is a big deal. Huge deal. So shout out to Calvin and shout out to the Falcons for nice for dealing with that. Yeah. But mental health is a overall topic that needs to be applied to all of this in general. Yeah. yeah. Even for a PJ Washington. Yeah. Remember a couple years back, this kid was the man. Yeah. Yeah. The man in Kentucky, right? And doing his thing. Here we are now a couple years later, and he's playing less than 10 minutes a game. I can tell you the guy who's happy about all his fuck-ups is uh, uh, Michael Beasley. Michael Beasley's like, he making me look like the guy. Yeah. You know? And and again, mental health. Michael Beasley. Even Delonte West. Yeah. Uh, You know, some some of these guys who have dealt with it. Even the other Beasley, the one that um, fucked with uh, Larsa Pippen. Uh, I forgot his uh, first name. But, uh, is it Brad Beasley or did, no? It, it, I know his last name is Beasley, but he was fucking with Larsa Pippen for a while, and then he got left caught his up. Baby mama, he got caught up, and then he got beat up by the NFL player. Yeah. So he got, he got caught up. Yeah, man, it's just all he got caught up messing drama, with Larsa, bro. He got caught up messing because here's the thing, and I'm gonna just say this: I'm a Bulls fan for life. <laughs> Love Scotty, I do. Right, Scotty's dealing with his own level of Scotty, bullshit. Right, of Scotty Pippen, right now, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just say it, and <laughs> I have totally, to say it. Scottie Pippen right now is on some bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> right? Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, you could take any of the quotes. How many times has Michael Jordan said in his Hall of Fame speech, yeah. you can't mention Michael Jordan, but I mentioned Scottie Pippen. Mm-hmm. You can't mention six championships without Scottie Pippen. You can't mention the 97 MVP in the finals without Scottie Pippen because yeah. we were co-MVPs. You can't mention any of this 
without Scottie Pippen. Right. Forever. This brother comes out with a, with a bourbon and a book <laughs> and a fucked up haircut. Talking about he was, he couldn't have been more damn condescending. He did the whole Netflix thing. Scotty, you were in the Netflix documentary Hunky Dory. Yeah. And when they asked you fine. about why you, you got mad at Tony Kukos for making the game with exactly. his and why you took yourself out of the game, right. you explained yourself. Right. When they asked you why you took eighteen million over seven years, you explained yourself. Exactly. With a freaking smile on your face that's inside why, of an that's Airbnb so with a freaking pink that, polo that, on that and that BS afro. <laughs> Stop it, Scotty. I'm having a Stephen A. Smith moment. Stop it. That's ridiculous. But that's what it is. No, that's you're exactly absolutely right. That's exactly what it is. No, totally agree with you. And I love Scotty to death. Scotty Pippen, arguably one of the most underrated sure. and disrespected greats of all time. Yeah. Sure. But here's one of the other people that are disrespected like him, Ray Allen. And you don't see Ray Allen coming out talking about, well, LeBron was so condescending and unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, to start your own school, really? You don't see Ray Allen doing that. It's just, I don't it's know, It's just man. different Scott, levels Scott to this, bro. Been, after, after Future fucked his wife, man, he ain't been the same. After know. Future fucked on Slarsa. I don't know. And he he stopped having the clean-cut afro. Yeah. He went with my hair. <laughs> no tame. Then he's like, then he's like, I'm going to make a bourbon. <laughs> I'm going to start talking crazy about Michael on that. Man. You know what's even greater? Michael Jordan has said nothing. Yeah. You know, no, you know in private, smart. you know in private, he's called Scotty like, right. really, Scottie. bro? Hey, if you needed to help promoting your book, you just should have talked. <laughs> well, it Michael, is what not, it is, man. Not everybody has the buying power. That, that you have. <laughs> <laughs> You're selling so many shit. <laughs> Go do what like, they do, man. Go do what they do, bro. I, uh, oh, man. The la Well, moving on from the uh, NBA, last topic, because, again, like I, we were talking about earlier, it's relevant, especially having you here. And I'm sure you might have heard about it on the news, Mark. Yeah, uh, the whole Travis Scott concert. Man, uh, you know, shout out, first off, um, it's not shout out, sorry, condolences mm -hmm. to the families out there that are dealing with their losses, uh, speedy recovery, and prayers up to the people that got injured. We yeah. uh, do hope you're okay. Um, all this is just terrible. Uh, obviously, especially – after dealing with the pandemic and then not being able to have anything like this. And, you know, we start, the country is trying to get back to normal-ish. Obviously, we're still dealing with different yeah. stuff, but then you have this concert and something like this on it, you know what I mean? And, and unfortunately, the history of it shows that this was inevitable anyway because Travis Scott is very much someone who is an advocate and a proponent. It's shown through his Twitter feeds, his past, concerts it's a history of he incites this type of behavior he wants mosh pits he wants fighting he wants people acting crazy i mean he incites it it just obviously came to a boiling point to where now he's he, he he's in a hot seat big time you know um i just out of curiosity because of all the craziness and pre prepping for the show yeah. i just went to his instagram and that's when i saw his in my in my opinion, let me make that very clear. In my opinion, uh, not a very sincere apology. Not at all. Um, and then the PR statement. Uh, I was reading the comments on you know because you just you get swept up in that that uh that that vacuum, uh, and just people were just on his shit. Like, so you really ain't gonna say nothing? Like you, like you're not gonna apologize? You think you're not liable? Like you fucked up? I mean, there's hundred. I think it's the last bad. post had like a hundred thousand plus comments. It's bad, and at least fifty thousand of them were all talking about this concert. And, and so. the thing that's sad about it is, you know, so he's been doing Astro World for a while, mm -hmm. and his original idea for creating Astro World was was something that was very childlike. You know, um, growing up as a kid in Houston, uh, going to these carnivals and festivals, 
and then having the original Houston Astrodome torn down and then putting this carnival-style event in place of it was something that, as a fan base, you supported. 2019, very similar incident in 2019, you had some injuries happen. He's been arrested for inciting moshes and riots previously. Yeah. And then at this particular event, you have over 100,000 people. Yeah. 20,000-plus kids got in that shouldn't have gotten in that broke through. Uh, at an open space where you could have easily held it, where the Astros play baseball, which earlier in the day, he had his celebrity baseball game. Mm-hmm. Both 72,000-plus people. That's where Megan Thee Stallion had her event at. That's where Beyonce did her homecoming, all of that. You could have easily held this event there. Would have been more security, more control, yeah. seating, all more these space. things. Instead, you go for the bag. And not just that, mm-hmm. you, you start to show off with, demonic images, right. fire and Jeez. Phoenix flames everywhere. On top of that, you deleted the tweet of the dystopia, whatever the, yeah. whatever the word is. If yeah. I'm saying it wrong, I apologize. But right, right. That, word is, that word essentially is a satanic-style practice oh, where you put the people that are involved yeah. under some style of trance. And whatever you say, they follow. And whatever happens, uh, there is a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a riot-style thing. Yeah. So he was basically saying the inception is going to, going to occur. On top of that, when you look at the stage and you look at some of the writing on the stage and some of the stage settings, there was things that were talking about end of the road, this, that, very demonic death style things. So for you to put that energy in the air and for eight people to die, not on, and not only that, there's multiple videos of you performing while people are pleading for their lives. Yeah, I Kids saw one running up on the cameraman, on the cameraman telling them to stop. Telling them, Please on the stop left side, he's basically yeah. singing. After yeah. he acknowledges somebody being passed out, yeah. basically singing to this kid's morgue, there is something super demonic and satanic about what happened, and we've been talking about it for a long time. As a as an artist and as a hip hop person, and as somebody who has always wanted to be around this, there's been a lot of these things that have that have occurred that have turned me off from wanting to be around it, because you could be super talented all day, but the second you step into that realm, you're exposing yourself to something that's totally different yeah. than anything you've ever been around before, and I've seen it. I've seen it, and I've avoided it, and I, I've tried to stay away from I, it. I do like that other artists have been coming out. I saw videos showing mm-hmm. they, they've they literally brought showed how they have calmed crowds down. Oh, yeah. Like, they're and, and, showing, and multiple like, videos. videos. They showed yeah, the Playboy Cardi. Ca- you know, it went the vamps with like Playboy they, Cardi. They would literally stop. They would say, hey, stop, stop. stop. Yeah, they yeah, stop yeah. the show and Playboy say, hey, just check did on that person. Out. Hey, yeah. you just make did sure that roll out. Yeah. There was people getting turned, and then he goes, hey, they keep cutting my music because, like, y'all are more important first, like, we're going to start the music when everybody's good. Yeah. How's everybody doing? Y'all all right? And yeah. then they're te- like four minutes. Jaden Smith, same thing. Last couple years ago, Rolling Loud. He on stage, 10, 15 kids start a mosh. He on the right side. He look, he see it. He goes, hey, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a kid on the ground. There's a yeah. kid on his back right here, guys. Let's get, can you uh, get him. So there's a variety of examples. Mm-hmm. And in that particular situation, for him to acknowledge it and not just say, Stop. That's terrible. And for me as an artist and as a performer, I've been on stage in front of multiple thousands of people before. If I ever have seen this, there's been multiple instances where we've had to stop shows. A couple of times there's been shows, Boardwalk, Ace of Space, people getting fights while we're performing. Security coming through. We still performing, but then we see it and we back down. DJ, hold up. What's going? Yo, we addressing this situation right now. And get them out, whatever, cool, we'll keep it going after that. But to perform and care about your dollar bills over the humanity of the people that are putting money in your effing pocket anyways Evil. is sick. Yeah. 
It's sick. And before he went into Astro World, he was Travis Scott. Now, you're public enemy number one, my brother. Sorry. Exactly. Sorry. I would never do this to anybody that claims to be a fan of mine. For God's sake, there was videos of five-year-old children in these monsters. Thank God they survived it. There was a video of Kylie walking through with Stormy. Through that. Right? She less than four years old. Anybody could have passed away. So my condolences to the families that lost their children, to the families that are dealing with injuries and, and, and all those different things. And anybody that was a first responder, shout out to you, security, mm-hmm. ambulances, whoever. Some of these people were dealing with their vehicles being vandalized while trying to take care of these people. Shout out to those folks. Those are the ones that really deserve praise. And if I was Travis Scott, any money that you made from that, you should be donating yeah. directly to these yeah, families so to the first responders. A great idea. Well, with that being said, not trying to close it on a grim note, but that's something that needed to be addressed. Yeah, and I felt AT here was more than relevant to talk about it because you know that feel. Um, thanks for coming in, bro. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having Like I said, definitely have a part two, part three, all that good stuff. Make sure Mark can be here for the whole show. Yeah, man. man. Well, like I said, man, he got me hyped. So, <laughs> hey, I, pre- I appreciate y'all having me on, man. I've got my own podcast as well, Double Double and Tea Time. We'll definitely have to have you. Absolutely, on, man. all, and, uh, all the links y'all. to um, AT stuff. I'm gonna get all your links. Yes, They'll sir. be in his description. Uh, his Instagram, his social media, his podcast, his music links, all that stuff. Please check him out. Support this brother. He's really doing good stuff. I've known him a long time. He he helps out the youths. He helps the coaches. Um, good. He's just a good man. Just a good Appreciate man all around, man. man. And I Appreciate and I'm and I'm glad you can be on the show. Absolutely. Shout out to the About That Life podcast, man. At Coach Chris, yes, <laughs> boy Mark. Appreciate yes, y'all, yes, boy. Sir. Yes, sir. Mark, you got anything left? No, man. Like I said, man, it was great meeting you. Um, we definitely got to do this again. Oh, 100%. all right, bro. And 100%. we are out. We are out. Have a good night, y'all. Yes, sir. That's how we do it. Get down.